Science April's Online, a podcast about figuring things out with a focus in ADHD and astrology. I am happy to announce that I did get usable content with my last conversation with Naomi. It's going to take a bit. There was still stop and go and an ice cream break in there someplace, so I will have to re-listen to the audio and cut some bits out, cobble other bits together. I'm a complete editing novice. Pretty much my method so far has been recording and re-recording myself until I get something half decent and then I just send it. But I do care how my guests sound and so I do want to shine them in the best light. In the meantime, before I release the Naomi episode, whenever the hell that might be, I will continue recording some individual content just to keep this momentum going. I had a friend reach out and say that she would love to hear me talk more layman breakdown of astrology, which is fantastic. I've been wanting to do this. I've been hesitant, partly out of insecurity of starting my own serious studies, but also I just don't know where to meet people. I wasn't really sure what feedback I was going to get with this podcast, and so this was great. She was able to provide me a list of specific questions, and so what she said is, She's pretty read up on basic astrology signs and aspects of behavior, etc. But she's curious more about the moon slash sun aspects of things. And if someone wants to investigate more, where do they start? What are good apps for beginners or those who are interested in understanding more of how the blank and retrograde situations play out in day-to-day life? This is a phenomenal list of questions. I hope I can interpret them right and also begin to scratch the surface. The thing is... Even if I interpret her question wrong, that's totally fine because I will talk all day about this shit. And frankly, even with this small summary of questions, this is probably like a two to three episode breakout. The moon slash sun aspects of things. How I'm interpreting this question is she's wondering where to go beyond sun sign astrology. And sun sign astrology is our most popular form of astrology. It's the newspaper horoscopes. It's what people mean when they ask you what your sign is. They're really asking, where was the sun or what sign was the sun in when you were born? And if you were to say, oh, I was born June 6th and they know the general ranges, they can say confidently, oh, you're a Gemini. But what they really mean is the sun was in Gemini when you were born. And your sun sign is absolutely pivotal. It's the fulcrum of everything. Everything ultimately revolves around the sun and it's your identity, it's your ego, it's your life force. So knowing your sun sign is absolutely pivotal, but also ultimately there's a whole solar system snapshot of the time you were born that make up your entire birth slash natal chart. So the moon was somewhere when you were born. Mercury was somewhere when you were born. Pluto was somewhere when you were born. And so there's nine other planetary bodies aside from the sun that you can calculate out. And by planetary bodies, yes, I am I am talking about the sun and moon. And I know astronomically the sun and moon are not planets, but astrology is not astronomy. So to calculate that, you can use a resource like astro.com or what I like to use is astro-charts.com because they have a really lovely graphic presentation. I like the aesthetic. I think it's really clean and really pleasing to look at. So that's astro-charts.com. 
and you can put in your birth information. It is very important to get your birth time as accurate as possible. So you might have to break out your birth certificate. You might have to contact a relative um, because that does affect things, especially your rising sign and your moon sign, which is ultimately the two other sign placements I would recommend looking at beyond your sun sign if you want to focus. Because once you calculate that thing out, it can get overwhelming really fast. Suddenly you have to figure out what does it mean when Venus is in Taurus or what does it mean when Mars is in Capricorn, whatever. Um, So really to just hone it all in, if you only want to focus on a couple other things besides your sun sign, I would say look at your primal triad. Your primal triad is your sun, which you already know, your rising sign, and your moon sign. Your moon sign is your deep emotional self, and your rising sign is people's first impression of you. So the rising sign is interesting because it is not a planetary body. It is a mathematical point, I guess. So we're on this ball called Earth, and we know it's like a sphere that wraps in and around itself. However, with our human eyes and senses, when we stand on flat ground, we feel like it's flat ground. Like there's a horizon to every which way that we look. So your rising sign is the sign that's rising in the eastmost horizontal point. The eastmost point on the horizon. I mean, that's just to give you context. I don't know how they figured that out or how they determined that. It's also kind of like, how did they determine addition and subtraction in math? It's like, these are just the basics of astrology. So your rising sign determines what people think of you when they first meet you. So if you've ever heard someone say, you know, when I first met you, I was I thought you were like this and that, and it sounds nothing like how you see yourself or how you feel, then that's probably a good indication that your rising sign is not the same sign as what your sun or moon was in when you were born. Like for me, it's interesting. My rising sign, or it's also called an ascendant, your ascendant. Um, my ascendant is in Aquarius. And Aquarius is an air sign, which is really, like it can come off, it is textbook Aquarius is detached, um, eccentric, kind of quirky, ultimately very humanitarian and friendly though. So I did encounter that a lot where I would be out on and about on the street and strangers would wave at me from across the street. They would come up to me and ask me directions all the time, which before I knew what my rising sign was, I was like, what the fuck does it look like? I know what the hell's going on at any given moment because I don't, but that didn't matter. Ultimately, I looked very approachable. And so, I mean, really think about it. If you know someone that has the answer to what you're looking for, but you also know they're a grumpy Gus, you're not going to go up and ask them. So that was cool to find out. And it just, it just gives you more self-awareness and insight, which is always great. So your primal triad is really kind of this core person you are. If you think about it, people meet you, they're meeting your rising sign, they're, they're getting their first impression of you. Then they get to know you better and they get to know your sun sign, the, the sign you already know. And so they get to understand your identity, your ego, you know, what ultimately gives you energy. And then filtering out from there, your closest friends and family get to know your moon sign. So your moon sign is your deep emotional self. It's probably the you that you knew best when you were like, I don't know, three to eight years old. 
it's really that inner child, I would say, that was there and in its vulnerable state before you really develop that ego. So for me, finding out my moon sign was was sort of this slap in the face in both a good and bad way. Because my sun sign is Taurus, and so I do identify as someone who's stable, who's reliable, who enjoys the finer things, who likes quality, etc., etc., and to find out that my moon sign was in Cancer, which the moon rules Cancer, and so the moon is home in Cancer, but textbook Cancer is extremely emotional, extremely sensitive, oscillating back and forth, very different from Taurus qualities, and it was just so weird reading it. It was like, I don't know, like a reunion with a side of myself that I had repressed a little too well. So getting reconnected with my moon sign, really understanding that this is who I am emotionally, this is how like my emotional needs can get met, it really helped reconnect me with that inner baby, that inner child that just needs the right kind of nurture and love in a certain way. So that's really pivotal to to learn about yourself as well, I would say. And ultimately, for me, astrology is fascinating because I do want to learn about myself and learning about yourself really aids in all areas of your life. So I definitely recommend the Primal Triad as the next place that you go. And I don't know, my friend's asking about the moon slash sun aspects. I'm not sure if she's asking about the different combinations because really... (laughs) Taurus and Cancer, they're different. They're pretty complementary, but they are very different. So sometimes you might look at your sun sign and your moon sign and just like be boggled. Like how the hell do these two things go together? Because they can be in very disparate signs. Even like my rising and my sun sign, Aquarius and Taurus, they don't totally get along that well. So, I mean, you have Aries through Pisces, right? Those 12 signs that have their individual motivations, their individual behavioral traits, and those 12 signs are broken up into two other categories. So they're broken up into elements. There's three fire signs, three earth, three water, and three air. And then there's also qualities, which is cardinal, fixed, and mutable. I don't know if my friend knows about these, but I'll break it down real quick. So so cardinal signs are mark the start of every season. You have cardinal fire, Aries, starting spring, cardinal water, Cancer, starting summer, cardinal air, Libra, starting fall, and cardinal earth, Capricorn, starting winter. From those cardinal signs, the next sign in line is a fixed sign, and they are known for maintaining the season. So there's Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius that maintain those seasons. And then third come in the mutable signs and they kind of disperse the energy of the season so that the next cardinal sign can initiate the next season successfully. So if you look at it, Taurus is fixed earth and that is very much present in the archetype of Taurus. Everyone talks about how Taurus is so fucking stubborn, yada, yada, yada. You know, there's three other fixed signs and we're all stubborn in our own ways. I think 
Taurus is just the most obviously stubborn because it is earth and so you see it, you feel it, you hear it. If Taurus puts their foot down, you see them put their foot down. They literally stomp, you hear it and they tell you, this is where I stand. I am like drawing this exact practical box for you to see so you don't cross my boundaries. So Taurus is the most obviously stubborn sign. It's stubborn in an earthy way. It's stubborn in its habits. Next fixed sign is Leo, which is fixed fire. So Leo is stubborn in a fiery way. Fire is spirit and essence. And so you see that in the archetype of Leo. You don't cross Leo because its pride is everything to it. Its self-expression is everything. So you really do see that play out in the archetype as well. For Scorpio, that's fixed water. Scorpios are the ultimate no chill sign because there's just no way for Scorpios not to feel deeply about things. They might come off controlled, but ultimately you realize, wow, like you're seeing this feeling all the way through. You have to dig as deep as it'll go. And then Aquarius is fixed air. So with Aquarius, even though it has this eccentric eccentricity it's it's the mad scientist it's the rebel it's the fighter for the underdog ultimately with all its rebellion Aquarius I mean you have to I guess the best thing I read one time is you have to be stubborn to be a rebel if you're constantly going against the grain that's hard that's really hard like no one wants to do that all the time. No one wants to fight against what's popular or easy or whatever. But if Aquarius is always going to be the, the shaker-upper and the rebel, it has to be fixed in its ideals and its ideas. So that's the very airiness, the, the fixity on ideas and thoughts. So... I guess I kind of went into all of that without talking about the cardinal. So cardinal is always move to move. Aries is fiery. It's always called to move forward. Cancer is in tune to emotion. So it kind of moves side to side depending on what is in its environment. Uh, Libra almost is like a side to side movement as well, but it's motivated to balance. So it kind of seesaws, I guess. And then with uh, Capricorn. Capricorn is earthy. It's practical. It's also motivated to move forward like Aries, but in a very earthy way. So most Capricorns I know or people with strong Capricorn in their chart, they're very project oriented. They always want to feel like they're working diligently towards something. And they do, since they're earthy, they really do demand a certain amount of quality that like someone who has strong Aries in their chart might not care about as much because they just want to go and they just want to be first and all of that. So with immutable signs, I would say like mutable signs are a question mark even to themselves because they are more dispersed. They can go more different ways because they are flexible. Gemini, you know, switches back and forth with ideas. Virgo, I mean, Virgo, they're they're kind of known to be finicky and whatever, but really Virgos are super flexible. I work with Virgos all the time and they're they're incredible. They they know how to like button up the details no matter which direction the overall picture goes, I guess. And then Sagittarius, they're also extremely chatty. I mean, with Sagittarius, I kind of say, like, with all the the 
best love and intentions and I want it to be taken the right way. But Sagittarius's their barks are bigger than their bite. They will talk and talk and talk and they just want to like release the truth and talk about the truth. They don't mean any harm. They don't mean to like do any harm or anything like that. So, I mean, they might have like a pretty rough bite, but that's all it is. It's just words. They're not like, they really aren't trying to be offensive necessarily. And then Pisces, you know, quintessential last sign of the Zodiac, disbursement of water, like if I'm if I'm talking about moon signs, the Pisces moons that I know, they're really interesting interesting because they're I don't totally know what to say about them, not because there's not a ton to say. It's more like it is the most misunderstood sign. It's the last sign of the zodiac. It's mutable water, which if you think about scattered water, what is that? Is that mist? How do you how do you grab on a mist? There's like not really a particle or group of particles you can grab onto. So with Pisces moons, they kind of operate in this space where all emotions are almost at not equal play to one another, but they all just like exist and that's okay. There's not like a super strong sense of the emotional self per se. Yeah. So, I mean, I can go into another episode. I feel like it's starting to get a little wordy, but what how I handled this question initially was I wrote out all 12 of the signs, Aries through Pisces, and then off the cuff of my head, I thought of people I knew firsthand who had moons in those signs and I wrote them out and I tried to just kind of see like what I could gather from that information because ultimately there is astrology on paper but astrology that I've observed in real life in real people in real time plays out so much more interestingly and dynamically than I would have ever guessed just like reading textbook astrology so that's how I wanted to handle the question I would say that if you're looking at moon and sun it's kind of like the moon is the boss and the sun is the person that carries out the orders, the employee, I guess. I don't know. Because ultimately, you do see the boss and everything that the employee does. But the employee is still going to carry out the boss's orders in the employee's style. So, like, if I'm talking about myself, Cancer Moon, I just need to freaking be beat around by my emotions. I need to ride the roller coaster. It doesn't matter what I'm feeling. I need to just like feel it and kind of be tormented by it in a weird way. Like it's the crab that's being thrown around in the waves. The ocean could be serene. The ocean could be a tumult of waves. It could go as deep into the blackness. It can be shallow and sunny. It's it's just all the things and I need to be able to feel all of it. Um, but ultimately like, okay, that might satisfy my emotional self. And I'm telling my son like, Hey, help me out here. And my son is like, all right, well, you're feeling this. I'm going to carry out an emotional order because ultimately emotions rule everything. Um, but I'm going to do it in a very Torian way. So Maybe my cancer moon feels that someone in the room is feeling left out. Well, my Taurus way will be just like extremely earthy and practical and be like, 
hey, um, can you move aside a little? I need this person to step forward so that they could be more part of the circle. So it's like I'm carrying out on that Taurus style. There is very much a Cancer essence to that because it's like, oh, this person is is doing something for the emotional benefit of others. Um, but yeah, and there's always a balance. I mean, you have your emotional needs that you need to meet. You do need emotional security. But ultimately, it's a balance between your moon and sun sign. Your sun can't wither away either. If you're depressed or exhausted and just feel drained for too prolonged a period of time, that is the sign that your sun is being underfed. So I can't just always go at the whim of my Cancer Moon self being slapped around with all these emotions and trying to tune into everyone every which way. My Taurus sun gets like so depleted by that. So ultimately, I do have to set certain boundaries. I do have to um, know that I have like good food and comfort food to go to. I have like a center of simple peace I can return to. I have like a good environment with that and a good time I can enjoy with like a dear friend or my husband or whomever. So there's always going to be this balance between your sun and moon sign. Um, Yeah, I can get into specifics of what I've observed with every moon sign in the next episode, but I just wanted to give you guys that as like an overall conceptual framework. Hopefully that's helpful. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. Here's a little outro music to play you out. If you enjoyed this, please keep listening and maybe subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to me on. And I'll see you in the next episode.